I'm totally joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But not really. If you want to find a seat. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to lighten it up, y'all. I'm trying to lighten it up. Well, welcome. I know, thank you guys for coming. What a gorgeous day out today, right? So beautiful. I had my windows open. So exciting. All right, I'll hold on. I got to put my glasses on because I can't read my happens when you get old. All right. Got a couple of announcements. Uh, the men's event is this, this Friday, like two nights. So that sign up, you can still sign up, right? We can still sign up. So that is at 630 and they're going to be doing, you know, guy stuff, dude stuff, he said. So I mean, we have a knot master. So my question is, what makes one a knot master? Like, like, is there, is there like an official like certificate with that? I don't know. Okay, yes. I'm just wondering, because I've never heard of that before, so. Okay, but you guys will have a really good time. So, looking forward to that. And then, our women's event which I'm very excited about. That is coming up the 29th, and it will be from um, 10 to 2. Um, we're going to give you lunch. And again, like I said, it's $5, um, and that's really just to help with the lunch. So, uh, but I'm really, I'm really, really excited about this, ladies. So sign up, bring a friend. If anybody can't afford that, or if you know of that, we already have people who have offered to help with that, so that should not be any kind of hindrance to anyone. We want everybody to come. It's gonna be a great time. And then youth hangout tonight is tonight, and Chamberlain said they're meeting out here on the stairs after, after worship, all right? So that's happening tonight. And then what else? Okay, Christine's small group is going to be meeting on the second and the fourth Monday at 11 a.m. So um, if anybody's got any questions, ask Lori. She knows. She knows. Call Christine. No, you, you brought it up. You're the one. All right. All right. So um, I think, Kylan, that's it for tonight, right? That's you want to do. Okay, so let's stand to our feet and we're going to worship together.
this verse. Is he the wind in our sails? Is he what gets you from point A to point B? Or do you count on something else? I want him to be what I get, what I need to get from point A to point B, amen. Is he what's gonna hold you steady? Is he gonna be that anchor for you when you're in your waves, when you're going through a storm? Are you gonna count on him being in your boat like he was with the disciples? Is he gonna be the echo of your days when people remember you? Are they gonna hear Jesus shouting back at them? We're gonna sing that again and I want you just to, let's call on him for those things. Let's ask him to be the wind in our sails when we need to be moved. Let's ask him to be the anchor that holds us steady when we need to hold still in a storm. Let's ask him to be the echo. Let's ask him to be the one remembered when we're no longer here. Because that's what we want, right? We want him glorified in all things because he alone is good. Let the king of my heart be the wind inside my sails. The the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins the echo of my days oh yes my song you are good you're good oh you are good you're
everything. You are our all. Holy and pure and wonderful. We praise you with our voice tonight. We praise you with all of our heart, with all of our beings. We love you, Lord, with our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, with everything we are. so good. You're so wonderful. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Great is your name. Great is your name. All authority and power are yours. wonderful, you are mighty, full of all wisdom, we worship you tonight, we praise you, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh praise you. Kids Church is happening. They can run down and check in. Fifth through twelfth grade youth hangout. They're meeting over on the steps over here. Other than that, everybody can go shake somebody's hand, say hi to somebody. Let them know it's good to see them in the house tonight. Live streamers, it's good to have you. Say hi, whatever your platform you're watching on. We're glad to have you with us. But we'll be back with you for tithing offering and a message in just a moment. Amen. We will give everybody a couple moments to get the kids checked into kids' church and get the youth to the youth hangout. So while we are waiting, you're finishing up loving on people, which is always good. Uh, the guys' hangout on Friday night starts at 6.30. There will be food here. What is it? I don't know yet. I'll figure that out Friday afternoon on my way here. Just like a guy, right? 
Now, I, I figured I'd take you to the woods and we'd have to forage for food. How about that? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But the cost is five bucks. Don't forget that. I won't kick you out if you forget. But that'll just help us to uh, the cost of, of the food for the evening. And I'm going to give our uh, gentleman that's coming over to do some stuff with this little gas money and all that business. Kevin's a great guy, isn't he? You know Kevin. He's coming to come teach us some stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, the ladies' event... Even though I won't be here, I'm looking forward to hearing about that. It's going to be a good time. A couple other uh, announcements on top of what we open with. Uh, the first Sunday of May is a water baptism Sunday here at our church. So if you have never been water baptized in accordance with the scriptures, um, uh, according to your salvation, what that means is to sign up at the back for that. So, Or if you've talked to me about being water baptized uh, and, and whatever, uh, please sign up for that so we can prepare for that. So that's the first Sunday of May. And also what is happening the first Sunday of May, something a brand new that we're going to start maybe once a quarter on a Sunday night. So we do youth hangout the second and fourth uh, Wednesdays of the month. But we want to sort of expand what we're doing for our fifth through 12th graders. So once a quarter on a Sunday night, we're going to do youth hangout squared. And all that means is 6 o'clock, they're going to have their own youth service right in here when we're not here. They're going to have worship, they're going to have a, a word, and we're going to give them a little more room to expand and spread their elbows and their wings a little bit instead of just doing kind of a hangout in one of our rooms downstairs. So uh, that's something they can invite their friends to. There'll be a good time. There'll be a little food here, something fun, but then there'll be a message, the first one. I'm going to preach at it, so we're going to kick it off. That is also the first Sunday of May, uh, so you're aware of that. So baptism, first Sunday of May, right after church, then youth hangout squared that night at 6 o'clock. Clock. And I think there is one more sign up back there for something that I forget what it is. But anyways, uh, couple, uh, what's that? Yes. Thank you, Johnny. High five, Johnny. Um, in May, uh, during Wednesday nights in May, we're going to offer a small group on basic discipleship. It's going to be four weeks starting the second Wednesday of May uh, for that month. May has five Wednesdays in it. So second, third, uh, fourth, and fifth Wednesday of that month is a small group called Basic Discipleship. So if you're sort of new to the faith or just, just you feel like you're kind of not getting traction in your growth in Jesus, that's a small group for you. Go ahead and sign up for that. Judah Riser is going to run that group for me. And it's going to cover some of the most basic things of the Christian faith, but I felt it was necessary. Uh, we had uh, some people rededicate their lives Sunday. We've had some new people in the church, so I thought to offer that would be good uh, so go ahead and sign up for that. All right, that's it. So if you've got your Bibles, go to Deuteronomy chapter 13 and verse number 6. You're like, Deuteronomy, what are we doing there? Well, I'll tell you in a second. Deuteronomy chapter 13 and verse number 6, and we are second week of a series on relationships and sort of a sub, oh, tithe and offering. Okay. Let me, remind me at the end of service. My brain's going towards this, so remind me. We'll take up offering at the end. So second week of a series on relationships. We've been talking about kicking this off about friendships, okay? Uh, last week, we kind of established biblical friendships, what it means to be uh, in a knitted relationship with somebody called a friendship and how that looked biblically and, and kind of the picture that's painted biblically. So we won't backtrack into last week, but we're asking uh, questions and answering questions about friendships uh, and 
and we're starting off the question I was asked about friends entitled, Do My Friends Have to Be Christian? So let me pop this can of worms with you tonight because it sort of is a can of worms. What I want to do is I want to start off with, and we're going to read four passages of Scripture, and I want the weight of these passages to kind of sit on you so you catch the warning that Scripture gives. And, and Deuteronomy chapter 13 and verse number 6, kind of this is like a freight train on the tracks, what this says here, but watch this. If your brother, the son of your mother, or your son, or your daughter, family, or your wife, you embrace, or your friend, who is your own soul, in other words, knitted together like David and Jonathan was one of the examples we talked about last week, entices you secretly, saying, let's go and serve other gods, which neither you nor your fathers have known, some of the gods and the people who are around you, whether near you or far off from you, from one end of the earth to the other, watch this, you shall not yield to him or listen to him, nor shall your eye pity him, nor shall you spare him, nor shall you conceal him, but you shall, oh my, okay, that's heavy stuff right there, kill him. In other words, the weight of the nation of Israel in serving one God was so heavy that God gives a command that if you are enticed away by a family member or a friend, this is big stuff. In other words, there is a guarding of your life in relationships that you must take seriously. Everybody hear that? Now, Let's go to the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 14. This is Paul, in a certain way, taking that, uh, and, I, and certainly Paul knew the scriptures, taking that and kind of putting it uh, in this way, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 14. It says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial, or in other words, the devil, the enemy? Or what per portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? A lot of questions there. For we are the temple of the living God. Did you know that? How many of you know that the Holy Spirit dwells within you? So you are what? The temple of who? Of God. Okay. For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord. And touch no unclean thing, then I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Okay, so, so uh, again, some very strong wording here about this. All right, another one, James chapter 4. We're going to read these, and I'm going to come back around and talk about this stuff. James chapter 4, towards the end of your New Testament. 
and verse number four, James 4, 4, it says, you adulterous people. Now, now that, that is in the context of relationship with God. When we serve other things beside him, we're in adultery towards God. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself a what of God? An enemy. Okay, so we'll stop. There's a verse in Proverbs we're going to go to in just a second. So these verses are, are pretty straight out about the influence of relationships. That we are not to be in relationship with anybody that that relationship causes us to do anything that we would know is not of the Christian life. Okay? Uh, that being yoked together, you can think of a yoke of oxen used to plow a field. The yoke binds two together. Now, remember we were talking about friendship uh, can be deep enough that's like two people being knitted together. Right? When you are yoked together with somebody, there is influence that happens. If you're yoked together, two oxen together, one pulls, it's going to pull a little bit on the other oxen, right? They have to learn how to work as a team to get the job done right. So we as believers are called out of the world in a way that James 4 says that we're not to be a friend of the world. That we're, and if we become friendly with the world, we become enemies with God. Now, what James is specifically talking about is sin, okay? That we are not to be friendly with sin, but if we become friendly with sin, we then in turn become an enemy of God. So James isn't specifically talking about people, but he's talking about sin. Now, we got, we got in, in thinking of James, we got to think of it this way, God so loved the what? Well, God loved the world, and he loves the people of the world, but he doesn't love the sin of the world. So the Bible tells you to love your what? Your neighbor, and your neighbor may not be saved. Wait, well, so wait a second, what's going on here? We are not to be friendly with the sin of the world while yet learning how to love my neighbor as myself the way God so loved the world that he sent his only son into the world. But then going beyond that, See, when two people are in close relationship, there has a tendency of that relationship to go to the lowest common denominator when it comes to ethics and sin. Have you ever been with somebody that you ended up doing something that you would have never done if you were never with that person? You know what I'm talking about? You were influenced into something outside of the normality of the way that you live. What the Bible is saying is, this can not be. Okay? That the, the living of the Christian life is so important that we cannot allow the things of the world, including relationships, to cause us to walk into things that we know we should be coming out of. Very specifically, sin. So here's an example. So at 17, when I gave, I literally at that point finally surrendered my life to Jesus. I knew enough to know this, that my life was going to change. I knew it. And I didn't know much, but I knew that. Immediately, 
I knew there were places that I used to go that I couldn't go anymore. And in those places that I went, there were relationships there that were going to change. Immediately I knew that everything that I knew of a dating relationship with girls was going to change because those were not godly. My life began to change. Now, what was amazing was I had a group of friends. You know what? Some of them didn't care. Oh, wow, that's nice. Good for you. That was their attitude. Some of them thought it was stupid. I'll be honest with you. Really? Oh, come on. Some of them then even tried to get me to go back into the stuff I was trying to leave. Guess which relationships in my life changed? I'm getting at. You must guard your soul in the area of relationships in your life. And if relationships have to change because of guarding your soul, then relationships have to change. That you should not be in a relationship in a knitted way that causes you to sin. On no level. We must guard ourselves. As a matter of fact, Proverbs, let's, let's go to this next one. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 24. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 24. It says, make no friendship with a man given to anger. It's not even talking about salvation. It's talking about anger. Nor go with a wrathful man lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Birds of a feather have a tendency to flock together. Or a bird that hangs out with another bird can turn into the other bird if you're not careful, if that makes sense. You've got to be careful. It's, not only have I guarded myself with non-Christians, there are times I've guarded myself against Christians. Let's just be honest. That I will not allow influence in my life to cause me to do or to think or to be involved in things that I should not be in. You hang around somebody that tells coarse jokes all the time, guess what you're going to do? You're going to laugh. And chances are you will eventually repeat. Isn't that right? You've got to guard yourself. Listen, this can be very sneaky and show up in the smallest ways. You're hanging out at somebody's house. They're watching on something on TV that you probably wouldn't watch in your home, but you sit there and watch it with them. It's the littlest stuff that can show up. Now, what this is not saying is, now that you're saved, lock your front door, turn down the shades and the blinds, turn out the lights, you know, in case somebody tries to break in, have this metal cross like a vampire, you know, when they come in to ward them off. That's not what it's talking about. Because we're still supposed to be a light in the world. Isn't that correct? You can't be a light in the world when you're too scared to be out there. See, one of the reasons I can be a light in the world is because 
I'm guarding myself enough that the world's influence isn't going to get to me. But I still have to go. If you can't go be a light in the world because of the influence of sin, that's not their fault, that's your fault. Let's put it that way, let's just be honest. That there has to be enough fortitude as you mature in your faith that you can be a light in society yet not getting trapped by society and sin. Right? So to guard your life. So can I have a friend that is not a Christian as long as your friend isn't influencing you to sin? How many have a Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or anybody? Raise your hand, be honest. Is your whole entire friendship saved? No. Do you interact with those people at all? Maybe, probably. Okay, so, so you're, not, you're not just completely cutting the cord on everything, right? It's not what it's saying. But if anything in there was influencing you, well, guess what? If they post something that, that's mean and hurtful, and, and, and you jump on there, yeah, 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 gee, I'm, I'm with you on that. Well, you just fall into their trap. So guess what I would do? Get off Facebook. What I would do? You've got to guard your life. Remember what they said about Jesus? Remember one of the things that the, the chief priests and the elders, you know what they accused him of, remember? They literally accused him of being a friend with the drunkards and the sinners and even the tax collectors. Didn't that the Bible say that? You know why? Because he was hanging around them. He was spending time with them. Now, as we know, that Jesus was not influenced into their way of life. The Bible says he came to seek and save those who were... Okay, so yeah, we're not called to cut it off and hide. Go live in a cave somewhere and just, just hope the world blows by us and we'll be okay. It's not what we're called to do. But at the same time, we're called to be separate and come out from among them in how we live. So, so uh, another example is Margo and I, uh, very involved in, in our kids' school, our kids' public school, um, sports. I coached at the school. She was involved in the school. So I was very involved in the school scene. And uh, kids playing sports, you're often traveling with families. Spending time with them. They throw pre-game pre, uh, uh, get-togethers. They post-game get I mean, you name it, they're doing it. And we're there. And there were things happening at those things that we would not participate in. And you know what? They were okay about it, although I knew they talked about us. It's just the way it is. I And there were certain a couple certain standards that I had, we had about things they would do. Not that, by the way, very good people, I trust them all day long, but certain activities I'm just not going to participate in. Nothing against them, that's their choice. But they knew that about us. Passing around the alcohol, give me a Coke, keep passing around. They just know. I don't drink. Not going to drink. Not going to influence me to drink. My choice, my ethic, my calling. Now, if I was there, and I knew that's my choice and my ethic and my calling, and I was being influenced the other way, guess what I should not be doing? I shouldn't be there. I should be skipping the school hangouts with the parents. And one time, it's a funny story. 
It was the guy that I was friends with, uh, had a relationship with, because our kids played ball from this big, and I coached his kid from this big, you know, so we knew each other, and we were somewhere, and, and uh, they had different coolers around. He went and grabbed one, sat down next to me, with, and, and he popped that thing and realized he grabbed a lemonade. He looked and said, this is your fault. I grabbed this instead of that because you're sitting here. And he laughed about it. And so, so, it was just interaction we had with him. But you know what I was being? As best as I could be a light in the world. But if you can't do that, don't do it. You know what I'm talking about. That we don't have relationships in our lives that influence us into things that are against the ethics and the calling of the Christian life. Okay? So... I have personally lost friendships in my life because of my salvation. Not because they're mean, not because I'm mean, not because of anything other than the ethics and how we lived according to sin versus not sin went like this. Guys that I knew since I was, I was playing ball with them since I was in third grade, good buddies hanging out, turned 17 and life just went like this. And you know what? For me personally, it hurt like crazy. The very first New Year's Eve, after my salvation, when I went away to college, I came home. You know what I did New Year's Eve? I sat in my mom and dad's house by myself because I knew, I knew if I went where my friends were, it would have been bad. I knew it. I was not at the place not to be influenced. I knew it. So I spent a very lonely New Year's Eve, at that time, then I was 18 by then, by myself, simply guarding my faith. And at the end of the day, it ended up being worth it. See what I'm saying? Invite, this is before cell phones, so it wasn't like they were bugging me, but, but I was invited, asking where I was, was I going to be there, why didn't I come, they asked later, that whole business. The only thing I can think is to say, I'm just not doing that anymore. Nothing else I can say. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. But how worth it is you, for you, to live in the Christian life that you've been called to live? How much are you willing to guard it? Not turn around and be a jerk. So, so what I did, I think I've told you this once before. So what I did when I got saved, yeah, I didn't know better. I was, I was sort of dumb. Um, the, my two best, closest friends, I got saved. I told them about it. They're like, okay, what does that mean? You know, they're, they're as ignorant about it as I am. And I said, let me just tell you something crazy. And I went right to the book of Revelation. Dude, there's going to be monsters and stuff coming. Man, this whole thing, this is crazy stuff. This is going to happen. They're just like, what are you talking? Worst witness ever. Worst witness ever, I promise you. Just bad, bad idea. But I, I, I was passionate about what was happening in my life. And it changed me. But God can't change you if then there are actually being most likely outward changes happening. Now, what's amazing is, so, uh, as I said last week, I can think of, I, literally, I can still remember friends that I had in grade school. I can re still remember, obviously, friends in high school friends I had in college, 
uh, and certainly friends early in our marriage that we're not so close with anymore. Just life moves on and, and, and situations change and we move the whole state over and, and, and all this different stuff. Um, you know, when, when, when word got out that I had cancer, my Facebook page lit up with people that I had not heard from in 20 years that I hung out with in high school. So sometimes when things happen, it, it, it removes some of the stuff that gets in the way. And you know what I got a chance to be? A witness. Reconnecting people, reaching out, checking in. How's it going? I can't believe it's happening. I mean, you wouldn't believe all the, all the people that are out, out of the blue that I haven't talked with in so long that I was friends with, reached out. And it was another just opportunity to, yeah, you know, I've been pastoring. Did you know that? I was a pastor, pastoring churches, you know. And this is a crazy thing. But I believe God's going to bring me through. And it was, it was just a, a way to share my faith in a certain way. I actually ended up writing, uh, sort of at the end of the experience, I, I wrote, wrote something about it, and I put it out uh, for people to read, and, and there were people from high school that contacted me about it. Oh, my gosh, you know, that was amazing, talking to me about stuff. See, I didn't cut things and burn bridges and acting like holier than thou with everybody. See what I'm getting at? I'm called to be a light in the world. See, guarding your, your faith in relationships doesn't mean you have an opportunity to act like a jerk towards people. You, you, you just be honest. What it does is leave you the opportunity to still wash their feet if necessary, share with them as Peter says, the reason for the hope that you have. As he goes on to say, and to do it with gentleness and respect. But we've lost that word respect in our society. I'm telling you, we've lost it. Peter says, when you share your faith, share the reason for the hope that you have. Do it with gentleness and respect. Right? So you're not to just act in a way that you're, you're separating yourself in the manner that you can't be a light. So do I have acquaintances that aren't saved? Yeah. Do I have, obviously, family members that aren't saved? Yes. Do I interact with these people? Absolutely. But I'm just not going to allow them to influence my life. Is that right? That's the calling that we have there, that we can be as Jesus was, in society, around people that are not saved, and guess what saved, unsaved people have a tendency to do? Sin. Quit judging them for what they don't know. Be a light to them and let the Holy Spirit do his job. Right? Then, then you're being effective in some manner. You're being effective in some manner. That what God is leading us to do in, in bringing us out is not literally taking us out, but separating us in a way, this is my child. This is a new way to live this life. I'm setting you free from this sin, so let's not be a friend with that thing any longer. But yet all the same time, there's a reason I haven't ejaculated you out of here, ejected you out, and you're still here being a witness to the world. Right? You're still here. Why? To be a light. Amen. So, guard your heart. And some of you need to change some of your relationships. 
Some of you think about how you're being influenced. Some of you need to change the relationship with your television, by the way. Some of you need to change your relationship with the internet, by the way. Some of you need to change your relationship with social media, by the way. Right? But change some of the actual human interaction that you have. Workplace, got to go there. Got to survive. You got to make money. Got to have a job. I mean, I work in a church. I still have to guard. I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Um, and I'll tell them all I said it, too. Um, but guard your heart and your job. Doesn't mean you can't talk to people. Doesn't mean you can't catch lunch with people. Right? Your family. Guard your heart with your family. Doesn't mean you can't go to family reunions and family functions and get together at Thanksgiving or whatever. Guard your heart. People that you're acquainted with, okay, guard your heart. And if you have to disconnect from something, do so. Because it's worth your soul. Amen? I mean, what I'm getting at. So friendships. Do my friends have to be Christians? Uh, to the place of influence... Yes. The Bible says we are to spur one another on to love and good deeds. That, that's the calling of the church, right? But certainly in a knitted relationship, that's the calling. So my friends, Christians, if they're influencing you, yes. If they don't influence you, share Jesus. And you never know what will happen. How many of you came to the faith because of somebody you knew outside of your family. Anybody? That's half the room. Imagine if they would just cut the world off and went and hid somewhere and didn't share Jesus with nobody. See what I'm getting at? A lot of people end up saved coming to church, being involved because of a relationship they had with somebody that was a Christian. See what I'm getting at? That, that's where the influence comes this way and the light of world being shared so guard your hearts so as, as a youth pastor man I'm telling you it was constant I get, I get introduced to new boyfriends and girlfriends I'd always say are they a Christian where'd you meet them school are they a Christian I always ask well you know Bad idea. Well, I'm like missionary dating. Okay, that's a bad idea. Sometimes the missionaries don't come back. You know, they get eaten by cannibals. Don't do that, you know. Um, you know what I mean? I met them in youth groups still. Are they saved? You know, I still ask the question. It matters. Why? Guard your heart. Amen? Okay. I'm going to pray Then, as Mike faithfully reminded me, tithe and offering when I'm done praying. But listen, your salvation is worth it. Your salvation is worth it. Your salvation is worth guarding one little thing that put like a pebble in your shoe. 
that eventually turns into an infection that comes up your leg and your, you know what I'm saying? Your salvation is worth it. Guard yourself. And, and it's not a bad idea with the help of the Holy Spirit to think about are there little things happening in my life that really honestly that I wouldn't lay bare before anybody else because maybe it's probably not the best thing. If there's things like that going on, guess what? These are things you got to deal with. Amen? Guard your heart. The devil devil's just looking for... So when we were coming back from... Uh, uh, I know I'm rambling now, but when I was coming back with Ryan from South Dakota, we stopped at a, a in Illinois at a, was it a best, what was that hotel? One's like country. Yeah, okay, wow. Anyways, um, got up in the room, and we were dead tired, drove 14 or 15 hours that day. I was ready to fall asleep. I was ready just to lay into the bed, and I heard a noise. And it's a whistling noise. What, what in the world? And it was so windy outside, there was, the window wouldn't set right. And, and you know what I'm talking about? And the wind, wind's just whistling into the room. The wind's like the devil. It, he only needs sometimes this much to cause a problem. Now, fortunately for me and Ryan both, we just popped these things out. It was okay. But if she had been with me, We'd have been calling the desk. We'd have been moving rooms. You know, it would have been an asshole. Don't give the devil that little space in your window pane. Because he will squeak in there and be a hassle and take over more than you realize he's taken over. Guard your heart. Amen? I'm going to pray. And if you have tithe and offering, you can, you can bring it down at the very end here. Lord, we thank you that you're going to give us wisdom. You're going to give us the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You're going to help us live life as you're calling us to live. Lord, in, in one way, Lord, I pray that we have boldness enough to do what's necessary in relationships in our lives, when they're influenced just the wrong way, we've got to change things. But in another way, Lord, we also have boldness to share our faith. We have the courage to do both. Not only to protect ourselves, but yet be a light in the world. Lord, help us do this. So again, I pray we have wisdom, we have insight, we have discernment that's very strong from the Holy Spirit in our hearts about these sort of things in our life that we are not falling back into the patterns of the world because of somebody or something that's connected to us. As the scripture said, we stand firm to the end. He'll help us. We want to be honorable in return for what you have done for us. We want to live a holy life as you have called us to live. We want to live a called out life, even if that means that, that we're scoffed at, we're, we're rejected by some, some that we're persecuted by. That we stand firm to the end. 
Lord, I thank you that you're with us always. You haven't left us. We do this for your glory. So your name is glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so bring your, bring your giving down if you have it. So Sunday morning, I'm sort of doing an uh, Easter follow-up for the next two Sundays, actually. And one phrase that Jesus repeats when he goes and sees the disciples, he does it three times. He says the words, peace be with you. I'm going to be talking about that Sunday. What does it mean that Jesus says, peace be with you? Okay, so that's Sunday morning message. Bring somebody out. Uh, We're excited to see you. Have a good rest of the week.